Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, we have a great episode. We are looking at the deep and rich history of the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm joined by Matt Fredmonski. He's Manager Corporate Content for Davy. Matt, how are we doing? Good. How are you, Doc? I'm doing great. Well, as uh, both of us being from the journalism backgrounds, we love telling our stories. Tell me the story. Start off with the story of John Davy. Sure. So um, John's got a really fascinating story that goes in all sorts of different directions. Um, But the earliest story we have about him and things related to growing plants and taking care of plants uh, starts when he was four years old. So his dad was a farm manager. And I think John kind of seeing what his dad did, as most kids do, wanted to kind of emulate his parents. And so his dad taught him how to plant a potato crop. And as a four-year-old, this was essentially one potato that they cut in half and then buried it in the soil. And he said, you know, John, this is basically how you take care of a plant. And, you know, you're going to learn to grow this thing and hopefully have a good harvest when the time comes. And so that's kind of where everything started for John was digging in the soil, planting potatoes, in England as a little boy, kind of trying to emulate his father. So about what year is that, are we thinking? So John was born in 1846. So this would have been around 1850 in uh, the area of Stawley, England. And then how does he get to the States or does arboriculture start before he comes to the States? Yeah, so really he was focused on agriculture in his early life, of course, starting out like his dad did. So he kind of was a farmhand that was shopped out and worked for different farmers around England. And it wasn't until like his teens that he started to kind of move up the ranks a little bit from farmhand to kind of really learning how agriculture works. Um, And he did some studying in horticulture and floriculture in England before he came to the U.S. in 1873. And where does he land in 1873? So first he came to Warren and he spent some time there. And the one of the businesses he had in Warren was a greenhouse. So he was kind of selling, I guess you would call it like luxurious plants, um, mostly potted plants, flowers, things of that nature to folks. And that was really kind of the genesis of his plant healthcare business, if you will, here in the States. And then eventually he came to Kent around 1880. And his first job here was basically managing the landscape at Standing Rock Cemetery here in Kent. And that's where he really started to put into practice some of the theories he had about caring for trees and the landscape beyond farming and simple plants and uh, lawns and things like that. So that's interesting. It goes all the way back to Kent back then, and that Davy is still in Kent. That's really cool. Yeah, we um, throughout the years have had some opportunities to kind of branch out and go beyond Kent. And it's really been a focus of company management throughout history to stay where our roots are here in Kent. How did he start the company and how was, how was it built? 
Uh, it really starts with the tree doctor. So in 1901, he published his book, The Tree Doctor, and this was essentially um, his magnum opus, if you will. And it was explaining to folks the importance of trees, why you should care for them, and how you can care for them. And it was kind of like a small business that he had prior to the book um, being published where he was doing some simple landscape care around the city of Kent. And when the book was published in 01, it really started to kind of generate a buzz and really generate more calls for tree care and service to John. And that was kind of um, where things started to grow and he actually started looking at this as something that could be a viable business for the family. So he was a very early influencer. Oh, most definitely. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that John Davies' name really is um, kind of up there when you think of some of the great environmentalists of the time, um, John Muir in particular, folks like that. And then from there, all this time later, we have this huge company all across the country and in Canada. Talk about those initial steps in growth. So the company was really, although we were spread out geographically and had a lot of folks in different um, locations throughout the early 1900s, it was still fairly small. We were doing, I think, about $11 million in total annual revenue in the late 1950s. Um, and to give you a sense of how that's grown. Um, I think we were around 60 million in total annual revenue in 1979 when the company was acquired by the employees. And today, of course, we're over a billion dollars. So it was really fairly small, especially through those uh, Great Depression era years until the employees acquired the company and then it just took off. Tell me a little bit about that, about the employee ownership. That's always something that's fascinated me about Davey uh, because, you know, when I interview the arborists about this, they're all they're all just so excited about that. Every time I bring that up, it, it's just uh, a great topic for them. So in 77, the Davy family had kind of run out of people who could serve as president and run the company. So it was at that time that they decided they were going to put it up for sale. And the employees at the time didn't want to see the company sold to a competitor they didn't want to see it sold to a conglomerate and maybe broken up and just dissolved. So they really banded together, um, as Davy employees tend to do, and they sat down and figured out, okay, how can we make this thing a possibility for us to become the owners? And it just galvanized so many people, especially in the core leadership of the company, um, into realizing that they could not just work for some family or hierarchy or board or shareholders, they could really work for each other um, and make it go. And so it was this long process. It was about 18 months where they were trying to figure out the financials and they were trying to figure out if personally, financially, they could make it work. They were trying to get offers together to offer them to the family and the board. They had to kind of fend off other folks, other companies who were trying to buy the company and were kind of competing to buy Davy. Um, ultimately they were successful, thankfully. Um, otherwise we wouldn't be here talking about it today. What are the positives for the employees to be part of the company in that manner? 
Yeah, so employee ownership really is something that unites us from a cultural perspective. Um, you know, we're working for ourselves. We're taking better care of the equipment because we are owners. Um, we have more control over the future direction of the company. We don't have to deal with outside investors who might be, um, you know, stipulating some corporate actions and business actions that um, we take. It, it really does give us a sense of control and ownership. So that gets us to the late 70s. Talk a little bit about this continuing evolution and growth. It was really in the 80s, a couple of years after the employee acquisition happened in 79, that we started to see um, exponential growth in terms of the employee size, where we were operating, total annual revenue and sales. Um, and it, if you talk to the older folks and you look at some of the um, oral histories we've done in the archives, it really is attributed to that sense of camaraderie and ownership of the company that employee ownership facilitated because they really needed to make this thing work. One, because personally they took out loans to help make the acquisition happen. The company borrowed money, which it had to pay back in order to buy shares from the Davy family so that it could become employee owned. So, you know, they, they had this big obligation in terms of financial debt that they had to take care of. And that wasn't the only driver, but it was a pretty important one. Um, and again, just the fact that they cared about the business, they cared about each other, um, the environment and what they were doing for it, that really just drove them in a positive direction. Tell me about the archives, because with both of us having a similar background, I could spend hours, days, weeks looking through those archives do you spend time with those archives and what's some cool stuff that's in there? I mean, you're talking about a long history. Yeah. So when I tell people that I work in the company archives, I, I like to think of that scene at the end of the first Indiana Jones, where they're like wheeling that box into this huge warehouse <laughs> of just labeled boxes. And it's just, you don't know what's in there. Um, Really, our archives are a lot smaller, but that's kind of a little bit of what we do is cataloging stuff that's a piece of history and then filing it away for hopefully potential future display in a museum or some other kind of display space. Uh, some of the neat things that we have in the archives are um, old hand saws that date to the 50s. We've got old chainsaws from the 50s, 60s and 70s. We've got um, an old climbing saddle that's probably from the 30s, um, old ladders that were used, you know, before we had bucket trucks. That was one way that they got up into the trees. Uh, some of the old scientific tools that they used and soil testing kits from the, you know, 20s. And our, our richest collection is probably our black and white photographs, but some of those old tools, hand tools that the guys really used, that the crews used, um, are just really neat to look at. My history with Davy goes back to the 80s living in Ohio. We all, that's who you use. You use Davy Tree. You see that green truck? That's going to do your, your work. And so since that time, and even today, uh, I talk about this often on the podcast, you know, twice a year I have the team here living in this declining oak forest. And thank goodness I do, uh, because they're looking up when I should be looking up. But just the technical skill of watching them 
with a guy at the bottom with the rope, a guy at the top with the rope, and a supervisor watching everything. It's it's pretty amazing to see, I think. So that's something that hasn't changed much is educating our employees. That's been a focus of ours going way back to John's days when we founded our first um, Davy Institute of Tree Sciences in 1909. And I think that's something that relates today is that education is an important part of our safety culture because, um, you know, whether it's job briefings, tailgates, um, all of the materials that we have available to keep our folks safe are part of that um, curriculum and just thinking about educating everybody so that they can continue to stay safe. And Matt, I did actually did a podcast where three Davy employees were one of many who came to Kent and spent actually four weeks learning all sorts of things and testing, and they all just, just loved it. So I guess that part of the company, as it's evolved for me, you know, that's just that's just uh, amazing. Yeah, so DITS is a really great program that dates back to 1909 when John founded it. And the intent there was twofold. One was to educate our employees in John's method of tree surgery, which was very specific and was tied to a lot of patents. So he wanted them doing things the right way, right? Do it right or not at all. That's one of our original company mottos. And the second component of that was that um, this was held in the winter months as it is today when landscape work typically slowed down. So he wanted to retain his best employees. And when work orders picked back up in the spring, kind of send them back out there better equipped to do an even better job than they did before. So um, DITS is really neat. And a while ago, I got a history request on it for some research. And uh, RJ and the folks at the Institute are probably going to kill me for throwing this number out there. But uh, <laughs> my rough math is about 5,000 Davy employees over the years have attended uh, that program. So it's really a ton of folks who have just been, um, you know, really thoroughly educated in proper tree care. So I know the company is still growing. When did Canada come into this? When did you, was it early on that Canada became part of the company or was it later in, in the evolution? So Canada was there almost from the beginning and we've got some information that suggests like probably around 1911, we had crews working in Canada, but at that time it was probably folks who were U.S. employees who were migrating across the border to, um, kind of handle work demands that were trickling across, probably because we had a lot of uh, crews working in New York, even in Ohio, we're fairly close to the border. So that's what we think it was at that time. But it was in 1930 that the Davy Tree Expert Company of Canada was actually um, founded in the Toronto area. And they've just continued to grow along with us um, since then. So before I let you go, what are we thinking about the future of Davey? What's uh, what's coming up? In long term, that's a great question. And if I had a crystal ball, um, I'd love to look into it and find the answer. Um, I think that if Davey is true to its history, um, we've always been focused on our employees. And I'm going to guess that that's where we're going to continue to go. And 30, 40, 50 years from now, 
employees will be talking about how much the company is investing in their training, um, in their safety, in their ownership, and really just kind of setting them up to be the best um, arborists that they can be. Well, Matt, I can't tell you how much fun that was to hear about that history. When I come to Kent, you and I are going to spend some time in those archives poking around looking for some cool stuff. Thanks again for your time and all the great information. Sounds great. Happy to help you, Doug. It was really fun to learn all that cool stuff about the genesis and evolution of Davey. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davey Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a big favor. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And if you've got an idea or a comment about the show, please send me an email to podcasts at Davey.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, you know it, trees are the answer. <laughs>